This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Some big, big news out of the NFL. We're much, much, much closer to the Washington Washington Commanders having a new ownership group. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, at Channel 80, alongside Randy Scott. I'm Michael Ross and Canny and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And we're going to go out to the phone line now because we're going to be joined by one half of Canny and Carlin. It is Chris Carlin. Welcome to your own show, my man. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> to be on my own show. Absolutely. Well, yeah. well, welcome back. It's it's so nice to have you here. Let's, Thanks, guys. Let's, let's start with, with what's going on in Washington, right? Like the, the deal's not done, but it's kind of done. The, the, the Snyders and jo- the ownership group led by Josh Harris have now kind of entered into a sale conversation agreement. So it seems like that is now pushing forward and now the vetting process has to begin. We've talked about Dan Snyder for a while, Chris Carlin, for years about what's been going on here. Now that it looks like it's finally here, your thoughts. Well, first of all, if you're going to tell me he's gone, I want to see him walking out the door. I, I, I want to see all of the all of the uh, the ink dry, so to speak. I think it's listen. Every step toward it is great, and I'm glad that they have an agreement in place. Um, you know, I don't think that Josh Harris has actually been the greatest owner for the 76ers and for the Devils, but he hasn't been bad. And he's going to he's gonna, Dan Snyder is going to make him look like a revolutionary owner. It didn't matter who it was as long as it's not him. And frankly, I, I just think. This is somebody that has, in so many ways, from a morale standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, and on the field, has run that organization into the ground, and he can't get out of there fast enough. So I'm waiting. It's one of those things where, you know, it's like the Golden State Warriors. You're going to tell me it's dead? Show me the body. You're going to tell me Dan Snyder's gone? Show me him leaving. And I wonder who among... The employees, like, do you have a bidding process in that building and the winner of a raffle gets to actually physically throw him out of the building? <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> like, I'm, pi- I'm picturing the, the old Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's giving him the Uncle Phil heave-ho? Uh, Absolutely. So, Carlin, I want to, I you know, tap into your, your experience, like, in Philadelphia, your experience in New York, like, sports radio in those markets, and just how Washington used to be viewed and now how they are viewed under Dan Snyder and then the possible hope after he's gone. You know what I mean? Like it's I feel like mm. we've missed generations. I grew up in the in the DC area, not a Washington fan. My fandom was already forged, you know, moving around on military bases growing up. But my mom is a season ticket holder, my sister, my brother, diehards, and it's hard to convince younger generations like what Washington meant. You know, yeah. what the franchise meant. So just drawing on your experience, I guess, you know, speaking to enemy fans, so to speak, right? Like Eagles, Giants country, like what that team meant in the old NFC East days and maybe what it could mean again. Well, what it has meant since he has been the owner is that they're not a threat. They they really haven't been, and I'm being, I'm not even being facetious when I say that, they have not been a threat to either the Giants or the Eagles or the Cowboys for that matter really during his entire stewardship. It, it's hard to imagine this. They have become an afterthought in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how they would view it from the outside looking in. To imagine that that was the case in that town is just 
I mean, I, unfathomable in so many ways, but um, it used to be the place to be. And it's it's not like, you know, they built FedEx Field not all that long ago, and it's a joke now of a stadium. It's a dump. They, they didn't do it right. Uh, so many things he's done wrong, and the number one thing he's done wrong is just disconnected completely with a fan base down to suing actual season ticket holders. Um, it, it is remarkable when you think about what that team meant. I mean, football in D.C. was as important there as it was in any town across the country when it comes to the NFL franchises. Football in D.C. at one point was as important as the Steelers were to Pittsburgh or are to Pittsburgh. It's up there mm-hmm. when things are right, When in the Joe Gibbs days when they are winning Super Bowls. And uh, just to think about where it is now, it's disheartening, but there is hope in that it could once again become that. Well, I mean, the way to, to win over a fan base for sure is to sue your fans. I mean, that's, that's Playbook 101. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. That, that I think that should be – I'm sure that's in Josh Harris's playbook too. Why not? Every owner should do that. That seems like that makes a whole boatload of sense. We're talking to Chris Carlin, one half of the hosts of this show, Kenny and Carlin, here on ESPN Radio. Randy Scott, I'm Michael Rothstein, filling in for Kenny and Carlin today. We want to go from one Josh Harris soon-to-be-owned franchise to another currently-owned Josh Harris franchise. It's the Josh Harris 10 minutes or so here on Candy and Carlin. The Philadelphia 76ers lose last night. When you watched that game, where do you think the responsibility lies when you're talking about Doc, you're talking about Embiid, Harden, the rest of the supporting cast? Where, where does When you watch that, what stood out the most to you? Well, ultimately, Doc is going to pay the price for it. I, I think... Embiid is part of it for not demanding the ball, not being louder about it down the stretch. It is ridiculous that he did not touch the ball for the last four minutes of the game. How does that happen? Um, I, I honestly don't know. Harden bears some blame there, too, in being the guy who's the facilitator to get him the ball. But ultimately, uh, I think Doc coached his last game at the Wells Fargo Center uh, as a head coach of the Sixers because that is inexcusable on so many levels it is you know from jason tatum getting hot to not all of recognizing that and devoting more uh resources to defending him down the stretch uh you know doubling him what a concept that would be um (laughs) to uh, the idea that the celtics i mean joe missoula for the majority of this series was the best thing that ever happened to doc rivers like he was out docking doc (laughs) in in poor coaching uh, down the stretch in these games. But then last night, uh, they made the conscious decision to go uh, bigger and more defensively oriented uh, with Williams and Horford on the court at the same time. And every single time they did it, it worked, and the Sixers did not make any adjustments to that. And I I put that squarely on Doc, and I think ultimately Doc is the one that is going to uh, pay the price here. I mean, think about... The fact that Doc, in series-clinching games, has now lost 32 of them in his career. How is that possible? He is now 17-32 and in that situation. I mean, that is not a coincidence. (laughs) I'm going to hear 
out docking dock in my head tomorrow <laughs> when we're talking about this. Talking about this on SportsCenter this weekend ahead of Sunday's Game 7. Uh, Doc Rivers, yeah, it's a 347 win percentage. Can you even call it that? I, I feel like that's I feel like that's more of like a 653 losing yes, percentage exactly. when it comes to it. But Rivers also in Game 7s has nine losses. It's yeah. nine, the most all time in game sevens, and now he has to go back up to Boston to do it. Uh, Randy, I got to tell you, like when yeah. I heard that one this morning, I thought the number was light. I thought it was more like 12, <laughs> something like that, and it's only uh, nine. He's done it with different franchises, man. He's been a bi coastal disappointment in game sevens because he had some really talented Clippers teams that just absolutely gacked away uh, game sevens. When you look at the Boston side of things, though, What's your takeaway from what Jason Tatum, you know, didn't do for three quarters and then what he was able to do in the fourth quarter? Kitty talks about sports character a lot. What are you on the court? And um, when you see somebody that is able to do that, a superstar that is historically bad, one for 14, and is still able to come back, not completely lose confidence or... uh, just check out in the game and be able to get on that kind of a run in the fourth quarter speaks to a lot of mental toughness. That, that to me, is really super impressive. That, that's among the most impressive things that you can do uh, in sports as a superstar. And I just, I mean, that says everything to me because what, going into the game, we're talking about uh, last year what he did going into uh, Milwaukee, getting 46 points, and then he is so bad for the first three quarters, you almost can't believe it. And yet, with how he finished that game and outscoring him 16-13 down the stretch, just himself, uh, man, that is uh, that speaks to the level of player that Jason Tatum has become in the league. So we're talking to Chris Carlin, half of the hosts of this show, Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, alongside Randy Scott and Michael Ross, and we're filling in for Kenny and Carlin today. Going from last night's game to what we might see tonight, Game 6 for the Lakers. They're playing the Warriors. They're in L.A. Is this must-win or just kind of, hey, you probably should do this? Yeah, don't work with the net. Don't work with the net, you know. Uh, Don't don't allow that to become a thing. I don't don't know if the Lakers... uh, going up to Golden State, will win on Sunday uh, for a Game 7. They could, but don't find out. You, you know, this is, again, when you have uh, the the champs on the ropes, you better knock them out. Don't give them an opportunity to stay alive. And, uh, all right, we understood what Game 5 was after they had uh, emptied the bucket, so to speak, in Game 4, but don't let them off the mat. That That's all this is to me because – it is beyond a toss-up at that point. The one thing I don't think has been talked about enough, maybe you guys have, I apologize if you have, is Steph Curry's career numbers at uh, at the Lakers Staples Center, whatever it's called now. Um, he has not been good. You know, it's 42% shooting from the floor, uh, 32 from three, and for him averaging just about 22 a game, uh, those numbers are not good, and I think he's 9-13 and 13 all-time uh, there, so that's one of those things I would really pay attention to tonight. Is that trend going to continue for Steph uh, in a place where he has not played particularly well? All right, the NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Lakers host the Warriors. It's presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at nine thirty p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel eighty. 
<laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> this is Eurovision. And this is also Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Alongside Randy Scott, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're joined by Chris Carlin, one half of Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And and we were talking about this in, in the last break, Carlin. This is Eurovision. This is Moldova. Moldova. This is the song for the Moldova. The country or the name of the song? The country. The country. Okay. Because the song sounds like Canty and I just put it out there to have a contest to uh, be the theme for the show. And this is what they sent in. That's, that's what it kind of sounds like. I, I hate to put it this way. This sounds like bad techno music. No? I don't know. Yeah, Am I offending does. anybody? No, I, I don't know, but I mean, listen, I, I understand you have a giant audience in Moldova, so they would want to <laughs> give you this type of music to, to pump you up for each for each hour of Canyon I, I still don't know what the, I have been Googling this thing for 20 minutes, <laughs> and I still have no idea what it is other than the fact uh, that uh, Hannah Waddingham from Ted Lasso is heavily involved in this. But other than that, I don't know what it is. Eurovision as a song contest has gone on, I think, for like 30 years now. It is okay. a song contest that takes place in Europe. Every country in Europe, if they want to, can have one contestant, and then they, over one week, perform in a semifinals, and then 26 countries tomorrow will compete in the grand final to win a song, Eurovision Song of the Year. There was actually a Will Ferrell movie about the Eurovision contest with Iceland, which has never won Eurovision. I know that's probably a surprise to you, Carl. It's rigged. How, it you is. produced Bjork. How do you not win a singing contest? I don't know. Because that's a great because question. I don't think Bjork was, was the contestant at any point. Usually it's not the big star. It's kind of like a mid-level person. It's bad roster management. I mean, it is. Fair. Fair. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, the UK, they're, I think, one of the favorites here tomorrow. It's going to be, I'm going to be watching, but I realize I'm probably the only one of the Kenny and Carlin family that will be doing that. Although, well, on my so weekend crazy. plans are shot to hell. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm trying to convert our our good friend Eric the, over there picking the songs today over to join me in Eurovision fame, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. I do, however, want to flip to something else because there will pro- maybe be betting, maybe not on Eurovision, but there is a whole thing that we do called Good Bet, Bad Bet. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? So this is good bet, bad bet, mm-hmm. and we're going to bring in Shannon Penn here. Yep. He's going to give us some over-unders on NFL win totals. Welcome to the show, Shannon. I know you are a big Eurovision absolutely, fan. Absolutely. Love it. One of my favorite activities to watch this time of the year. <laughs> do they do it this time of year? Every year? Okay. Anywho, all right, look. Win totals for NFL teams. Good bet, bad bet. We had the schedule release yesterday. We'll go in order. We'll go Carlin. We'll go Randy. Then we'll go uh, Michael. All right? Rapid fire. I'm going to go quick. Because we have like five minutes here. So we'll start with the New York Jets. Over, under, nine and a half win totals. Good bet, bad bet. Over, New York Jets, nine and a half, Carlin. Good bet, bad bet. I say good bet. Uh, They have a tough first six games of the year. Uh, Buffalo at Dallas, New England. Kansas City at Denver, Philadelphia. After that, it softens up. I don't see any reason why the Jets won't win ten games this season. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the under. 
Uh, I think in order to get to 10, they have to win six straight because I think it is difficult uh, out of the gate. And I just think regardless of Aaron Rodgers' penchant for doing that in Green Bay, uh, the likelihood of ripping off six straight wins where the weather's going to go back and forth, I think there's a trip to Miami in there uh, as well. I, I don't see him doing it. So I'm gonna t- I think it's nine. I think it's going to be close. You're going to have to sweat it out, but I'm going to take nine. Uh, good bet on the over because this is a, a team that was really a quarterback away last year. They're still a young team. They're still getting better. They're going to have Brees Hall. And Who? That's- the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> and, Bre- and a Brees Hall-Aaron Rodgers combination, that's really, really enticing. I, I like them over, but not by, not by much. All right, Carlin. Good bet, bad bet. Dallas Cowboys under nine and a half wins. Under nine and a half wins, I would say that's a bad bet. I, I- Canty is is much uh, much more down on the Cowboys than I am. I, I still expect the Cowboys to have a good regular season and then just tank it in the postseason because that's uh, generally what they've done. I expect them to win 10 to 11 games. I think the Dallas Cowboys will have a losing record in 2023. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to take uh, – it's a good bet. I'm going to take the over. I think they get to 10. Uh, I think they're non-divisional – Games are winnable. They got to go to Arizona. Arizona is going to be historically awful this season. The Patriots are going to be a punching bag. I think they get to ten. I'm going to go under here. I, I kind of agree with Kenny. Uh, I don't. I think the Cowboys are in trouble. I think, listen, Mike McCarthy keeps hanging on by the threadiest of threads to his job, and they got rid of Kellen Moore. Like, I, I, nah, I, I'm going under here. I'm, I'm not sold because they they lost some running back depth. I, I, I'm not there. Go under. All right, Carlin, here we go. Philadelphia Eagles over 10.5 wins. Good bet, bad bet. Yeah, good bet. Um, I would expect it at around right at around 11. Again, uh, they have a very easy start to the season uh, with their first five, six games, a couple of road games in there, but it's Tampa, it's the Rams, it's New England. It's not anything that's doable to get Washington, Minnesota at home before things uh, start to get a little trickier. I think it's a good bet for the Eagles to continue to be the class of the NFC East. I, I ride with that as well. I think they start strong, they finish strong. They got Arizona. They got two two games against the Giants down the stretch. Tough trip to Seattle. I could see them stubbing their toe, but I think they're going to be at double-digit wins perhaps by the second week of December. Uh, so I think it's just a matter of math from there on out. And again, Arizona is a W if you have them on your schedule this season. Well, Arizona is a W. I'm actually going to go under here, and here's why. I'm always concerned about the team that loses the Super Bowl. Historically, we've seen what happens in that situation. Last year, I think, it was an aberration with the Bengals. I'm a little concerned because we also have, we need to see another year from Jalen Hurts despite that massive, massive contract. I'm going under, but barely under. They still may be sneaking the playoffs with nine wins. All right, one more team, guys. The Carolina Panthers had the number one overall pick with Bryce Young, so I'm out there on the field today looking rather small. The number's seven and a half, over seven and a half wins for the Carolina Panthers. Good bet or bad bet, Carlin? Yeah, I'm going uh, I'm going. De- I'm going – I'll call it a decent bet. I, I, I do think that they'll get over seven and a half because uh, I think they will be a team that will play much better later in the season. Like they're, they're a team that you would rather play in the first couple of games of the year as opposed to later in the year. I do think they will make enough strides to find themselves at eight wins this season. 
I do too. I, I I think the division's awful. I think if they play, even if they get three divisional wins and you're just looking for five more, and they play the AFC South, so that's the Colts and Texans as a dub. I think the Titans are awful, uh, and they open up with a manageable slate. You know, I think Atlanta is going to be uh, juicy for a lot of teams facing them, and the backup is Andy Dalton. And I, I only say that because Bryce Young is so slight because the learning curve can sometimes be so steep. That's a better than serviceable backup there, so I can see him getting eight wins. I'm going to go under here, and I cover this division. Sorry. (laughs) Going under here mostly for this. Rookie quarterback, slight quarterback. I like their defense, but just I know you guys are down on this division, but I'm telling you, Atlanta is going to be good this year. New Orleans still has a good roster. Tampa is in trouble. I think that they're no better than third in a bad division, and you're not going to get seven and 10, you know, or eight and nine. Being that bad in a bad division, just don't see it. Sorry, guys. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, listen. I mean, I cover this division for a living, but you know, I've been wrong many times before. Hey, Carlin, thanks so much for taking some time today, man. Well, uh, listen. We can text tomorrow about the Eurovision situation. I, I know there's <laughs> going to be some outrage along the way. Um, I, rightfully I look so. forward to it. Go, hey, listen. Sweden <laughs> and Israel. Watch Sweden and Israel. They've got a shot. I've been saying it forever. I, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. The, the Swiss, Thank God somebody thinks like me. Swiss, I'm kind of neutral. Flag's a big plus, though. <laughs> well, that, I got to go. <laughs> that that was uh, our wonderful, typical host on this show, Chris Carlin, here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, we're going to go out to L.A. and get the latest on Andrew Wiggins and his availability for tonight in Game 6 against the Los Angeles Lakers. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's elimination game night here over in the NBA. You've got the Knicks and the Heat, and then you've got the Warriors and the Lakers. Is this the last stand for the defending champion Golden State Warriors? We're going to find out in a few hours. This is Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, alongside Randy Scott on Michael Roth's team. We're filling in for Candy and Carlin today. Candy and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. And we're going to head out to the phone lines now to talk about that Warriors Lakers game and specifically the Golden State Warriors with ESPN NBA reporter Kendra Andrews. Kendra, thank you. I know on a very busy day for taking a few minutes with us. Yeah, no problem. Always like to talk to you guys. So, so let's start here, Kendra, because the the big news is I think the biggest question right now, which is Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Where do things yeah. stand with his availability tonight? What can you explain also about where the heck a coastal rib injury is? <laughs> Absolutely. Right now, the Warriors are hopeful. Uh, that Andrew Wiggins is going to be available to play for him. But just how much he can play is still up in the air. I was told earlier this morning by team sources that he's going to go through his uh, pregame routine before any final decision is made. And then it's all about pain tolerance. Because as you said, where where is this injury exactly? It's in his rib cage, and it's right next to his sternum, actually. So let alone like pain of getting bumped or, or shoved, this injury, it hurts to just breathe. Right, And obviously when you're playing basketball, you're breathing pretty heavily. Then you can go into the pain of the shooting motion, the pain of bumping up chest with the LeBron James, which Andrew Wiggins has been primarily defending. It's going to come down to can he push through that, uh, and that's what's going to determine if he's available to play or not. Uh, Kendra, if Wiggins is unavailable, or even if he's even if he's mm-hmm. limited, as it sounds like yeah. he would be, right? Pain tolerance was, uh, you know, notwithstanding, who would have to step up on this Warriors roster, <laughs> considering how explosive and, and impactful that Wiggins was in Game Five? Yeah, it, it can't just be one person, especially when you also look at the other defensive assignments on this team, right? The fact that Draymond Green and Kevon Looney have really been the ones assigned to Anthony Davis. You say, okay, who is another bigger? athletic guy who can handle a LeBron James. Gary Payton II has been starting the past two games, and that was more uh, for D'Angelo Russell, but he's a guy that the Warriors feel is a, is a shifty, nifty defender. A person who we have not seen at all in this series, except in garbage time minutes, but the Warriors feel matches uh, Andrew Wiggins' level of athleticism, is Jonathan Kaminga. And so I think that that is a really interesting person to look at in this situation. Uh, like I said, he's barely played at all this series, and he's really young. He is a little bit more foul-prone, but when you're just searching for answers, he's someone that you should definitely be considering. Who knows? Maybe 24 hours from now, I'll be calling it the Kaminga game. We're talking to Kendra Andrews, <laughs> ESPN's NBA reporter, covering the Warriors and the Lakers tonight here on Canyon Carlin, ESPN Radio. Kendra, one more thing on Andrew Wiggins, and maybe this is because I cover Mm -hmm. the NFL, but is there any chance he goes through warm-ups, and if besides the shooting motion, the bumping is is maybe the main concern, can he wear any Mm -hmm. sort of like protective layer underneath like his jersey? Is that has that been talked about? He absolutely, absolutely could, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but back in 2019 during the the NBA Finals. Kavon Looney had a very similar injury and he did wear like a protective pad underneath uh, his jersey. So it's absolutely a possibility um, just to give him another layer of protection for exactly what you're talking about, bumping and things like that. Uh, Kendra, what sense are you getting from that Warriors locker room, from media availability, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, of their sense of 
this window's mortality? And, I, and I'm not trying to put that in a morbid yeah. sense, but exactly what's right. at stake with regard to this dynastic run tonight if they should lose in L.A.? In terms of like anything beyond today, the Warriors, at least publicly, have not been thinking or talking about that. They're really just trying to take care of the task at hand. Mm-hmm. But they do understand, look, like, the, the pride that this team has, especially as the defending champions, they know they should not be eliminated. And, and that's what they're really operating through. But, you know, Steph Curry was kind of asked a, a, a question about the window beyond this series, and he shut it down immediately, not going to pub- publicly speculate um, on those things. But you do, you, your mind does start to wonder, right? This is probably the Warriors' biggest summer in as far as I can remember, Bob Myers' contract situation, Draymond Green's contract situation, Clay Thompson's contract situation, uh, Jordan Poole and the way that he's been playing and a little bit of his behavior. What, what does this series, if their season were to end tonight, what happens with all of those things? Uh, so it's definitely the next question to be asked. Well, Kendra, whether the season ends tonight, whether it ends in Game 7, or if the Warriors do Warrior things and continue to move on, we'll be following you through all of it. Thanks for taking a few minutes tonight. Thanks so much, you guys. That was Kendra Andrews, ESPN's NBA reporter following the Golden State Warriors and Los Angeles Lakers for ESPN. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Lakers host those Golden State Warriors presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Coming up next, we're going to go back to the NFL, the schedule. We're going to look at weeks 5 to 9 and give you our best, well, and our worst. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And Carlin, the podcast. But I'm going to let this go for a second. This is some Eurovision grand final coming up tomorrow. In the break, we were talking not necessarily okay. about Eurovision, but about European train schedules because European train travel, it is a great way to see the European continent. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I don't believe we are broadcasting Europe. Our producer, Shannon Penn, can tell me that better or not. Uh, we are filling in for Kenny and Carlin today. He is Randy Scott. I'm Michael Rothstein. Tune in for baseball action tomorrow as the Red Sox host the Cardinals. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So we're going to go from Eurovision, where there are actually a few games this year in the NFL. Guess where, Randy? 
in Europe. They're in London and they are in Germany. But we are going to get back to looking at the NFL schedule and giving you our best and our worst NFL games. We're going to start, we're going to pick up where we left off, sorry, earlier in the show with week five. Randy Scott. When you look at the NFL Week 5 schedule that starts October 5th and that ends on October 9th, best game that you see, the game you would like, I want to go to that game. Yeah, you know, I, it, there's, a, there's a draw to the Cowboys-Niners matchup because it's just iconic franchises and logos and color schemes and the whole thing. But I'm going to take Jets at Broncos. I think that's where Aaron Rodgers truly struggles against that Broncos defense at altitude. Uh, and we'll see, you know, four weeks into the season to that point what Sean Payton's effect has been uh, with Denver. Well, I'm going to go back over to London because, you know, I love everything Europe and Eurovision because Jacksonville at Buffalo, that's a 930 in the morning game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I would want to go not only just to go to London, but I think that's the best game of the weekend. You got two teams that are very, very talented. That might be the best game that Europe has gotten so far in the international series. That's a fantastic one. Okay. Flipping it. What's the worst of this week? Worst of week five, I got Bears at Commanders. It's Thursday night football. That matchup a season ago was a final score of 12 to 7. And they're subjecting it to us again on Thursday night, I believe. So Bears at Commanders is my is my worst game of week five. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis, continuing with my theme of the AFC South being terrible. I'm sorry, that just that feels like a stinker all the way around, one that you're not going to want to watch. Moving on to week six, that's October 12th to October 16th. Randy Scott, what you got? Uh, let's see here. So week six. Best game. Best. I'm going to go Monday Night Football. You can call me a company man, but I think the Cowboys uh, at the Chargers is going to be a really fun one. I think a lot of points. I think a good fantasy football matchup. I think you're going to see fantasy football matchups decided in that game because it's the last game of the slate. It's Monday night. A lot of impactful players in that one, so I think that's my game I want to be at. I'm going to stay on the weekend. I'm going to go with Philadelphia at the New York Jets. I I'm really curious to see what Aaron Rodgers looks like against a team like the Eagles. We've seen what he can do before when he was at the Packers, but that that game really intrigues me. Worst game of the weekend. Worst game of the weekend. There's a lot this weekend. That, this yeah, it's not weekend. it's not an awesome slate. Uh, I could say Saints at Houston. Uh, yeah, that'll be my pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, the Derek Carr led Saints. Probably picking their number in terms of offensive output at Houston, controlled environment, dome stadium. That has all the makings of a blowout to me. Well, I wanted to pick Belichick at Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. I, I can't because Arizona goes to the Los Angeles Rams. Man, that game, I, that's going to be on for like three people in the country. That's good. <laughs> that, that, that coverage map is going to be like the size of like San Marino or something or Andorra like when you're talking about that. Now going to week seven, that's October 19th to October 23rd. Randy Scott, what's the best game that you want to go see this weekend? These games are always entertaining, man, and I'm a sucker for the AFC West. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers at the Chiefs. Uh, the matchup with two of the best young quarterbacks in the business, maybe two of the richest, you know, if Justin Herbert and the, and the Chargers agree to a long-term deal between now and then. But, you know, Herbert's not afraid to go into Arrowhead, not afraid to get hurt in the process. Remember, he played hurt last season yeah. and uh, came away with uh, almost came away with a dub. So I'm going to go with Bolts at Chiefs. 
I, I like that, and uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to just agree with you here. Uh, I'm not. We're not going to belabor this point because the rest of this slate not that exciting, which leads me to what's the worst game of this week, and what's the one that you're like, no, 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 you got to pay me, you know, five hundred dollars to go see. I, I feel like I'm picking on the NFC South, um, but I'm going to go Falcons at Bucks. You know, that's Desmond Ritter against what Kyle Trask right now. That's tough. It's tough uh, watching. Baker for Mayfield me. might have something to say with that. Okay. But, okay. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to probably be at that game, but I'm going to agree with you. That game is, uh, is no fun. Although Arizona Seattle is not, not a good one either. Moving on to Week Eight. That's October 26th to October 30th, Halloween weekend. So, what game would be your treat? Randy Scott. Oh, treats. Uh, yeah, what's your treat? Bengals at Niners. You know, we don't know necessarily where we're going to see Brock Purdy. Probably not by week eight. Still could be the Sam Darnold show. But that is still one of the most talented rosters in the NFC. Obviously, Cincinnati is right on the cusp of making a run to the Super Bowl. Uh, I said to the Super Bowl, not winning it. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Burrow against that Niners defense. Well, I'm going to give you a, a weird one that might surprise you because I'm going to do the one that gets to be played in the same stadium, home and away, the New York Jets at the New York Giants. That's me being a New Yorker. That's the game that would be my treat that weekend because I think both those teams also are going to be pretty good. So what's your trick? What is your, like, you get pennies or, like, a some toothpaste from somebody when you're going out on Halloween. What, what game is that? Uh, man, you know what? Yeah, the old uh, the old licorice candy. I'm going to go Texans at Panthers. I feel like the matchup of the top two, actually, top, what, top three uh, overall picks in this year's draft, there's a reason. You know what I mean? Those teams are going to struggle this season. They struggled last season. Uh, I'm not necessarily going to pay money to watch that development. See, I'd want to see C.J. Stroud for the Texans and Bryce Young for the Panthers. I, I, that would not hit my hit my radar the one that would hit my radar honestly it, it would be uh it would be that Thursday night game Tampa Bay at Buffalo the Bills are super fun to watch but Tampa Bay man I, they're gonna be they're gonna be real real rough and that's one where in Buffalo it's gonna start to get cold mm-hmm. Buffalo might win that game by like 40 points like that's just that's gonna get that's gonna get out of control. One team that we didn't talk much about, of course, is the Washington Commanders. They had big news today and possibly a new partner, Josh Harris. We'll get to that. Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.